We do not need to confess our sins. Hi, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. Have you ever heard from the church? I don't know where you've, uh, maybe your pastor has um, taught you that when you sin, you need to confess that sin as a child of God um, to remain right with God or to be in a right standing with Him or, or to make sure we don't, you know, keep Him from hearing our prayers. Um, or maybe you've heard this one. Maybe you've heard if you don't confess your sins, if you don't continue to keep up with them, then uh, your Father just will not forgive you. I don't know who has told you that lie, but if that's um, a lie or a, you know something you've heard that you're you believe in still, um, maybe maybe it was because somebody taught you First John one nine out of context. I want to talk a little bit about 1 John 1, 8 and 9. Um, first of all, we know the scripture. Um, um, you're, we're very familiar with um, these scriptures. It's where John actually writes, um, and he says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins... To him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Keep in mind here, folks, I wanted to bring this out in context. It's very important. It's, it is precisely here where disagreements arise as follows. Um, so if we believe um, we must continually confess our sins in order to be loved and forgiven by God, what we're really doing is we're actually mocking God and we're telling him that Christ's work on our behalf was not sufficient. Okay, so the damage caused by this belief is, is extensive. There are many uh, who are in bondage to this law. That's right, this law that was created and maintained by man. So the purpose of uh, the first chapter of First uh, John was to compare the truth of God to the air of Gnosticism. John was addressing the Gnostics in 1 John chapter 1, who were deceived by their own teaching. Gnosticism is a modern name for a variety of ancient religious ideas and systems. For an example, Gnosticism does not deal with sin, only ignorance. Um, Gnosticism... Um, says to achieve salvation one needs gnosis or knowledge remember John wanted the Gnostics to understand that what they believed conflicted with what God said he was not however addressing believers okay the traditional interpretation 1 John 1 verses 8 and 9 puts Christians under bondage to works he believes that if Christians are directed to confess their sins, perform a work in order to enjoy forgiveness, then believers are essentially placed under a yoke of slavery. The traditional view is mocking God by asserting that a Christian must confess if he or she is to be forgiven. So the key verse here, like I mentioned in the very beginning here as key verse, verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Verse 9, 
That's 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Folks, he's speaking, John is speaking to a guy that has said, I have never sinned. I'm a good person. Do you see that? I challenge you to go back on your own, um, 1 John chapter 1, 8 through 10, and see there that he's actually speaking to a Gnostic that says, I've never sinned. I'm a good person. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the Greek word uh, um, for uh, confess. Um, first of all, confess in the Greek language, the word is homologo and, or homologos. Um, which basically means to say the same thing and then agree, admit, or acknowledge. Okay, So we're convinced that John is speaking to an agnostic unbeliever. Okay, um, So there is, there's just too much evidence proving that the sin issue has been dealt with through the finished work of the cross. God is not dealing with sins anymore. We do not need to confess our sins. Psalms 103.12, David says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Paul says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5.19, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Okay, so keep in mind that word reconciling reconciling that means he was making the world friends with himself through the death of his son Jesus and while Jesus was on that cross God looked down at humanity and cleared the whole deck from Adam to eternity of sins that's why God doesn't keep records of people's wrongs God is not counting people's sins against them 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. This is John speaking now to the body of Christ um, in chapter 2. Remember in 1 John, um, John is actually speaking to unbelievers, Gnostics, and believers. And in 1 John 2, um, we're going to see that he's actually speaking um, to the believers there. He says, Jesus Christ gave his life to pay for our sins. But he not only paid for our sins... He also paid for the sins of the whole world. Even John said this in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. Keep in mind, folks, new covenant forgiveness was final, unconditional, and based entirely on what Jesus Christ has done. And when we look at the new covenant, um, forgiveness, we're going to see that is it, it's in the past tense here, meaning it has been done already. For an example, Ephesians 1 7 says, We have been set free because of what Christ has done. Through his blood, our sins have been forgiven. There you go. Have been forgiven in the past tense. That means it's a done deal. We've been set free because God's grace is so rich. Not because your confession is so good. So we do not confess our sins as believers in Christ. Remember, the language of faith, folks, is thank you. Thank you, Father, that we are forgiven people in your son Jesus. 
made right with you at conversion, given the right to be called your child, loved unconditionally by you. Thank you that your Holy Spirit lives in me to teach me this truth and to renew my mind so I can be transformed in Jesus' name. Another one, 1 John 4.10. This is uh, John now speaking to believers. He says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away all of our sins. Remember, Peter visits Cornelius. Now, this is kind of an interesting deal here. Peter visits uh, Cornelius, and uh, Peter's vision, he had uh, physical, he had a physical vision um, of something, and it taught him about a spiritual truth. When he writes in uh, Acts of the Apostles in chapter 10, verse 28, second part of that verse, he says, But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Very interesting. The writer of Hebrews, the new covenant. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Folks, the Father does not remember your sins. How was that possible? Well, Jesus took them away. Remember, in Colossians, when Paul writes to the church in Christ at Colossae, he writes in chapter 2, verse 13, You were dead because of your sins, and, in, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins. There's the two-sided coin of salvation right there. We have been forgiven of all of our sins. That means no more confession. And we were made alive with Christ. John again writing to the body of Christ um, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. He says, Dear children, I'm writing to you because your sins have been forgiven. There it is again in the past tense. That means it's already been taken care of, that sin issue. We don't need to confess our sins because he says our sins have been forgiven. They have been forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Take a look at that for yourself. Remember, John is talking with an unbeliever, Gnostic, in 1 John chapter 1. And, uh, and also in 1 John chapter 2, remember, um, he's writing to believers who are in Christ. Um, but again, you know, John is uh, speaking to the Gnostics when he says you must confess your sins in 1 John chapter 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, um, he's speaking to the Gnostics. Again, if you missed the first part of this video or this teaching, you'll want to go back and check that out um, to get the full context of it. It's very important to get the context of what's going on there in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. But he's talking to, again, the Gnostics who say they've never sinned. They're good people. Okay. Jesus said the world's sin is that it doesn't believe in him. Keep that in mind. In John chapter 16, verse uh, 9, that's John 16, verse 9, Jesus said the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Be encouraged. 